Thanks for sharing. And so is a great story. Welcome to the Kiwi Foodcast, the show where we sit down with chefs, food businesses, food writers and more to share the stories behind the food they serve. I'm your host, Persan Patel, and this show is brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Let's dig in, everyone. Welcome again, to everyone. Today on the show, we have Gordon of The Rolling Pin. Since the first day the rolling pin switched on its engines in 2016, foodies in Auckland have dubbed the truck as serving some of the best dumplings in town. In addition to their food truck, they now also have a permanent spot from where you can have a bite of their amazing bows, dumplings and now noodles. Today we chat to Gordon about the story behind the rolling pin, how he innovated the traditional dumplings, why presentation is so important, and about what it takes to really grow a food truck and take it to the next level. So without further ado, let's begin. Hi Gordon, how are you? Hi Benza, how are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you for coming on today and I'm really excited to be chatting with you. I'm excited too. Okay. So Gordon, let's start at the very beginning. Tell me a little bit about uh, your childhood and growing up. Has food always been a big feature for you? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, some starts cooking when I was in um, primary school in China. Okay. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, because my parents um, were quite busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have to like cook my own lunch boxes um, when trying to go to school. Yeah, so... Yeah. Okay, so I should call you over to my house and train my son as well, <laughs> so he can make his own lunch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So this is how I start, you know, um, mm. in, in this background, and um, and then I love cooking, and maybe because my my grand my my grandfather was a chef as well. Yeah. Okay. So I'll be right. by him. Yeah. So what are some of the kind of memories that you have of your grandfather cooking some food for you? What was your favorite things to eat as a child? I mean, um, he's a chef from the, a factory, you know, okay. so like cooking for thousands of people. <laughs> and um, every, every time it's a New Year time, we've been to his house and um, he cooked the New Year's dinner. Yeah, so it's like, like um, dumplings definitely he, he will make for us. It's mm-hmm. a good memory, you know, it's like um, barbecue pork, you know, this is a traditional um, Cantonese um, cuisine. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's what we normally have in the Chinese New Year as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you had me at barbecue pork, my mouth's already started salivating. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me, when did you move to New Zealand? Um, I moved to New Zealand since 2002, which is, I think, about how many years? 20 years, 19 yeah. years, yes, before. Okay, yeah, I, I moved to, in New, to New Zealand in around 2002 as well. I think a lot of immigrants kind of came around that time. So um, so how old were you when you came here? Um, I really forget how old am I, so I, I am how old now. So <laughs> I'm, 30, I'm, I'm 40 now, I'm 40 now, so it's kind of like 20 years old, eh? Yeah, 20 oh. Okay, all right. And you came here to study or you had already finished your studies and then you came here to work? I come here to study, you know. Um, I think at that moment, most of the Asians come here to study language to start with mm-hmm. and yep. then pick up your subject to, 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 to learn and to, and, yeah, and to immigrants. Okay. And so did you always want to be a chef? Uh, yes, I think so. Um, because in China, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to be agree to be a chef 
from the family because mm-hmm. shaving in China is like, um, you know, not that, not a great job, you know, and low pay. Yeah. So, but I got a chance in New Zealand, so I chose doing shaving, which is I love to do. Yeah. 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 I think, I mean, the low pay is like a constant, but... I think in Asia, Asian countries, it's kind of looked down upon, which is a bit different to um, places like New Zealand and um, Australia, perhaps, where, you know, it's still like a respected profession. I know in India, if I told someone I wanted to be a chef, maybe now it's different, but a few years ago, it wouldn't be. It would, they'd be like, oh, but you're a girl. Like, do you really want to do that? So Yeah, exactly. I think now it's different because what I'm talking about is like when I'm here or even before, it's 20 years before. That's what mm-hmm. the old-fashioned thinking is a chef, is a chef, is a cook. They, they can't say it's a chef. So it's a chef was different, I think, especially after I learned from Western cuisine. It's, mm. it's, it's not only cooking, it's kind of an art as, as well. So, yeah, this makes people think different in the Western countryside, you know, chefing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. So tell us about the early days of your career. Like you moved to New Zealand. Did you you studied hospitality over here? Like you studied to be a chef as well? Uh, not to start with. I do, doing tourism at the beginning. Okay. And after two years, I'm moving to studying um, chefing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All uh, right. Yeah. And then where did you where did you first start out once you graduated? Um, I start doing a kitchen hands in a restaurant mm. named Hammerhead. I'm not sure if you know that. Oh, yes, yes, I know Hammerhead. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> yeah, this is like old, old ones, um, which mm. is, in, you know, I think it's next to Mission Bay. Yeah, yes. it's, it's quite a famous one though. Yeah, mm. I start doing a kitchen hand there, washing dish, you know, and for like three months. And finally, I can have a chance to become a call me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then from Hammerhead, where did you where did you move on to next? Um, for Hammerhead, I moved on to a faraway area. It's also like a old one called Spot the Wind, since um in the south of Auckland. I okay. need to, I need to drive like um it's a, it's kind of um um resorts you know with the restaurant for for wedding venue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Every day I need to drive like 50 kilometers from home. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and that's after like a busy sh- uh, busy shift in the kitchen. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day, every day. Yeah. Okay. So, so I stayed there for two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And um, so I guess what have you, what did you learn from, you know, being in the kitchen in those early days? Like you said that you started out as a kitchen hand and then you got a chance to be a commie. So it's like you really kind of worked yourself up those ranks. So do you have any kind of learnings that you could perhaps share? Oh, definitely. Because at the beginning, it's, it's hard for um, a foreigner or for a not as uh, English is not a sp- uh, first language peoples to in the Western kitchens. Yeah, I pretty know. I mean, I know a bit of English, but for food ingredient, it's hard for me. Mm. You know, for recognize the food, you know, from the cheese, from things, really hard. So as a, as a call me, I work really hard. I come really really early in the morning, you know, to help the chef to do the stock taking. Mm-hmm. And put all the fruits, you know, from the delivery to the fridge so I can take it and then I can learn what other ingredients. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's how I started, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then after that, you know, and I need to ask a lot of questions because mm-hmm. 
it's not our culture the foods and then we need to learn that so I, I, I really need to um, put myself you know a lot of times over there um, yeah and then to, to, to start it even yeah. like even like after hours you know when people go when I go home I watching YouTube is not about you know movie it's all about um, food <laughs> oh, okay yeah. yeah i know when i first moved here we had like a fijoa tree in our backyard but i never knew that they were fijoas <laughs> and we used to just throw them away because we were like what is this weird fruit we don't know what it is so i um yeah recognize what you mean with like just the food and the ingredients being so different um, yeah even i know even some house you know the food but you can't really tell you know, from the Western language, it's all oh, hard to explain, but which is like making our harder to 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 for communication in the kitchen. So yeah. yeah, so but if you work hard and then you learn more and then push yourself harder, so yeah, and then it's and then it's become easier. Okay, so how long did it then take you to, I guess? Um, rise up and be get your first kind of head chef job um i mean some after i um finished my jobs in a spot to win i mean some i know one some the head chef over there he's yeah. a he's a spanish guys you know and some mm -hmm. um, that hotel was you know closing and then after closing he uh, he will ask me he was asking me to open a spanish restaurant together okay <laughs> Yeah, so I was actually learning a lot from him, and that's mm -hmm. how I start, um, you know, the chefing skill actually from those sides. Yeah. Okay. So did you end up starting the Spanish restaurant? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, awesome. So then, how did you go from having the Spanish restaurant to wanting to start your own food truck? Um, I mean, the Spanish restaurant has been finished by a few years ago already. Yeah, okay. and, um, because I can see the, um, the hospitality in um, Auckland is quite, it's not as easy as people, I mean, thinking in China or in some Asian country. Yeah. Yeah, because the population here is quite less, you know, um, or plus the, um, the dining culture. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so people only go out from Thursday night, I can say. Yeah. And, uh, finish. <laughs> um, a Sunday lunch and that's it that, is, that so, is true actually when my husband first moved here he was like uh, he'd tell me on a Wednesday night or something like let's go out you know at like 9 o'clock let's go out for ice cream because that's something you do in like Mumbai and I'm like no everything's closed <laughs> there's no way to go yeah exactly so it's for a business porn it's, I, I learned from the business you know uh, when it's busy it's busy but when it's quiet um, as a restaurant, so it's just like it's a killer. You have to still put your labor up. You still put your rents there. And sorry, all... Gordon. Yep. Sorry. Um, actually, you cut out. So what I'll do is I'll just ask you that question again. Yep. Um, and then we can start because it just cut out. It went blank in the middle. Okay, it's okay now. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's okay now. So I'll just ask you again about how you went from having a Spanish restaurant to starting your own thing, and then you can talk again. Yeah. Yep. Right. So how did you go from starting a Spanish restaurant to wanting to start your own food truck? Um, I found it like um, in New Zealand, um, hospitality is not as easy as what we're in Asia or in China, because um, we have less populations. 
and plus the um, dining culture is real different compared with Asian. Yeah. yeah. So the operating hours, I mean, the opening hour for the restaurant is the same, but the people who come to the restaurant having the food, enjoy the food is like really less, you know, a short time. It's normally for stuff from Thursday night and to yeah. um, a Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, but that which means uh, other times your overhead is quite high, you know, to cover that, you know, not enough customer. And um, and then some one day uh, me and my wife and go to um, the wild area to you know enjoy the weekend and suddenly we see a food truck uh, some not even a food truck it's a food store up there mm. selling hot dog and we just see lines of people up there you know a lot of people a lot of activity and then we suddenly think wow I mean it's actually um, why not? It's a food truck. Will be a good idea, in um in this country. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. Yeah, and because it's like, if you're having a food truck or using a food store, you just go where you feel have a lot of people. Right. So you went. Yeah. If no people, and then you 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 won't go, and then you won't pay for the rent, and then you won't pay for the staff. Yeah. yeah. So which yeah. is uh, cut uh, cut out lots of um overheads, and this is what we suddenly think. To start a food truck. <laughs> okay. That's true what you say about like the hours and also the location. Like I remember when my husband first moved here, you know, on like a Tuesday night after dinner, he was like, oh, let's go out for ice cream at like 9.30. And I'm like, no, everything's closed. Like there's nowhere you can go <laughs> because most of the places like shut really quickly. Um, and even what you say about the location is so important because if you don't have the right location or you're like maybe in a suburb or something like that, then it's very hard to attract those people. Yeah, location is quite important to start the business. Mm. Yeah, when you have a mature business, it's okay. But when you start a new business, you know, yeah, you need a lot of people know that. I mean, a lot of foot traffic to coming around. That's true. And um, did you feel like around that time when you were starting, um, like why choose dumplings, you know, because I remember early on, you said you moved to New Zealand around 2002. If you remember some of the food that we used to get in New Zealand, some of the Chinese food and even Indian food, it was like, really bad <laughs> like just you know like the really basic kind of stuff so what made you feel that people were kind of ready to try out new kinds of dumplings and things like that has the do you feel the kind of um landscape for asian food has changed oh yeah definitely because i can see i can say it's the old school not the old pictures for Chinese food, for Western people, is all about fried rice, fried noodle, which is and sweet yeah. and salt pork. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and this is what they are thinking before. And the time I'm doing dumpling is just to start people are start thinking about you know dumpling. This what is coming up. Yeah. And um, yeah, um, even like um, the bao, you know, and mm. people start talking, but not that as crazy as now. Um, so I think, well, I mean, if you want to start a business, it's just you need to start something, you know, interesting and new mm. and rather than, you know, sticking the old fashioned one. Um, it's boring already. And people and also I, I feel like Asian cuisine, especially Chinese cuisine, is not really about fried rice and fried noodles. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. In yeah. fact, whenever when I've gone to um, Guangzhou, I found it very difficult to find fried rice. 
somehow we we the fried rice is the last thing we're gonna eat from the from the meal. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we, we don't just do fried rice. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's like I remember when I moved here and I would have the butter chicken and, you know, a lot of people would ask me that like, oh, you know, you must be eating this in India. And I actually could not remember how many times I had it. Maybe I had it like five or six times the whole time I lived in India, but I never had it as much as I had it over here. Yeah, because I think the butter chickens like sweet and sour pork and it's just to make for the Western, <laughs> you know, it's not for, I mean, we do eat it, but it's like, as you say, how many times I eat sweet and sour in China? Um, yeah, I say, well, I mean, I don't know, you know, yeah. I, I, it's rare to ask to go to a restaurant and say, oh, I want a sweet and sour. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I just love how, you know, like right now, Dominion Road has now kind of like got its own little Asian identity. And um, it's it's just really nice to see that evolution of people wanting to know more about your culture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not only about the food, it's about the culture. You know, I know it's crazy. We eat really late nights, you know, because I think the, the spicy house to, to bring the, the cultures to the Dominion Road to start with. Okay. They they open to um four to five p.m. You know a.m. You know. And, oh really? Um, yeah oh. yeah yeah. That's I, I'm not sure they still do it now. But mm. um, when I was like in New Zealand, like ten years or twenty years before, they start doing late night meal already. Okay. And yeah, and then and then maybe after that's more immigrants as well. So it's like different province people living in um Auckland. Yeah. Um, so they bring a lot, lots of different cultures. You know, it's not only Sichuan. Um, it's from you know the the pool noodle from Henan. You know the Shaolin noodle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. I like it. I mean, so it's like lots of different culture now. Um, yeah. to bring a, you know to 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 let um Kiwi understand what actually the Chinese food it is. It's not only fried rice and fried noodle. Yeah, which is really true. happy. And I mean, China is such a big place, right? And each kind of region has its own specialities and things like that. So I think finally people are kind of accepting accepting that and also want learning more about it. So yeah, it's, it's good. It's good because it's, um, it's totally different cuisine by different province, different states, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, uh, I mean, you started your food truck with your wife and I've noticed a lot of food business owners um, end up working with their partners. So how how has that been? Like, do you have any insights on why um, why work with your wife and how, how do you manage to work together and live together? <laughs> ah, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people end up, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's still good news today. And just end up the business, not end up the life, you know? Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard to balance from life to business. Yeah. But it's all about... Um, uh, things from us to understand is all about trust and respect. Yeah. 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 And, and I guess, I mean, if yeah. you are, when you're starting in the early days of the business, I think it's really hard to start a food business by yourself. You need like the extra one person that you can trust um, because otherwise it gets too much to like manage everything by yourself. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And then I definitely somebody, you know, beside me and to give me the hand because from a business from a food business it's not only food you know that you know it's a business is from social media and lots of things behind you know paperwork you know it's a lot of things involved 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and lucky I got my wife, you know, behind me, and then um, we can work together. Definitely, we got a lot of arguments, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. So the reason I was asking you this is because um, I'm the kind of cook in my relationship, and my husband wants us to start a business together. So <laughs> I was asking for a selfish reason, <laughs> getting some tips on how you make it work. Um, I mean, because my my wife was this is why I say trust, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, she trusts my side for cooking. I trust her side for management. You know the the business, yep. so we don't cross each other. You know, uh, with what what I design, she will say it's okay. She's hands up. You know what she gonna design, so I go okay. So mm-hmm. I think it's all about trust. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about uh, some of the early days in the food truck. Like, um, do you have any like funny stories or lessons you learned really quickly from when you first started up your truck? Um, I got a good. I can say a good lessons. You know, before we start our truck, we to we start doing a pop up first. Okay. So this is a really funny and crazy experience. Um, our pop our first experience in the market is doing the biggest events um, of lots of Auckland's vendor they say um, it's the Lantern Festival oh yeah. my god and that was your first event yeah yeah <laughs> which, which is crazy people are like oh, are you crazy and, <laughs> and events for the cooking equipment I haven't used that at all the steamer oh my god <laughs> because I bought the steamer I'm going to install to the futsal and then I told um I told um the surprise say oh no don't 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 install to my food truck can you bring it to the lantern festival <laughs> it's a heavy one yeah six builder gonna have to put the steamer into the lantern festival and I, I never used that before I don't know how fast they cook you know things and all my friends say oh well, you are crazy I say well yes let's try it you know as if I can pass this exam mm-hmm. I can do later you know for my life easier. And then I bring most of the chef from uh, <laughs> from my restaurant before, and oh uh, the front of the house people all all, all, all in there. Um, and uh, but we make it, you know. We 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 enjoy the um, the three days, you know. Yeah, and then we set up like a pop up restaurant there. <laughs> and, oh gosh, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's an amazing experience to yeah, start yeah. up and a yeah, huge one to start out. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. So tell me, like most places that do dumplings, you know, traditionally will always do like the pork and chive or pork and cabbage. But you have really kind of innovated, you know, you've got like pulled pork dumplings and you even like do your dumplings topped with like a slaw. So like, can you tell me like, you know, why you went with kind of this way and what your kind of vision was when you came up with the menu? Um, the reason because we are doing a food char, this and it's limited the menu. Mm. For me, for limited your menu, if you're doing something with the comments, it just have less attraction. As I say, in a restaurant, you have like one or two signature dish, right? But yeah. for food char, you can't having like six or seven menu. You can only have like three or four menu. So for me to to which is mean I have to think about something which is like point of difference, and so then I so give up the traditional one. I just do one or two is like um, uh, some really creations, you know, um, you know, to find out the point of difference to people just to come and see us, not yeah. going to other to having dumpling. If they want to having traditional dumpling, they can go from other. But if they want to 
express something different, you know, and then they have to come and see us. And we want to let people can enjoy this flavor and experiment from the rolling pins, not from any other area. Mm. That's our strategy. Yeah. Okay. The reason we put the slow in the things is just to balance all the meal, you know? Yeah. Mm. Okay. But I read in an interview that you actually say that if a customer asks you for your dumplings without the slaw, you refuse. And if you run out of slaw, you close up shop. So why why do that? Oh, yeah, because just what I say, um, um, the slaw is, to, is, is, one, is, is one of the condiments in some from, from the dish. If without it, it's, the dish is not completed. Mm. So it's not a complete dish, so I can't send it out. This is mm. normally from the chef doing and um, we want to maintain our standard as well and we want the customer to taste exactly the same taste whenever they come to our truck or even to the shop you know that's why we if we one of even one of the two condiments you know we, we just say we don't have that one we've sold out already yeah okay but you know in this age uh, where like your customer is king and, uh, you know, the customer is always asking to customize this or make this for them this way. Has it been hard to, like, stick to your guns and tell the customer that, no, this is how I serve my food? Um, be a restaurant, you always need to be flexible mm. to try to achieve what customer wanted. But if the results come out, which is I'm not happy with, so yeah. I rather than say no, and um but which is most of them they will understand you know why you you can't do that why you won't do it you know yeah um because that's the food you know um from the chef to create it the the reason they put the ingredient is what they have to reason it on it yeah, yeah. and then i i do understand the for the, for the people who have an allergy you know and mm. we, we will achieve um, what they want. That this is um, what a chef to 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 do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you when it comes to about this balance and condiments. Like that used to happen to me in India, where we had a traditional dish that we served called dansak, and that it's like a spicy dal, but it comes with like sweet rice and mm-hmm. then like a tangy salad. And if you, like, say, have the dal just by itself, you're going to find it too spicy. Or if you don't put the salad, then, you know, it's it's not balancing. So yeah. it's important that your customer eats it the way you want them to eat it as well. So I agree with you that that's, like, a very important part of the puzzle. Yep, yep, yep. Even mm-hmm. I will encourage the customer to bite the dumpling with the slaw and they yeah. can have the whole texture of the food. Yeah, it's not a decoration of the slaw. It's not only the decoration, you know, not looking nice. It's about the texture and the flavor as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but when we talk about looking nice, I must say that your plates look like a piece of art. You know, I've never seen um, dumplings or bows look so pretty. So, having been a chef for so many years, can you talk about how important like presentation is, especially like in a food truck as well? Oh, for sure. I mean, um, because I come from a Western kitchen, you know, mm. and um, and then, which as I mentioned before, um, for the Western culture, chefing is not only chef, I mean, it's not only cook, it's about art. Mm. Um, it's really important for the presentation because I, I, I believe this is the first thing you, the customer is going to receive 
of your food. First is from the from the looking, and second maybe they can for the aroma. Yeah. yeah, and then they start tasting. If your if the first impression is not good, um, I mean, I know it, you you have some points out already. <laughs> yeah. And then some, and then if they say, "Wow, looking good," I mean, even I mean, I think I, even the food was okay, but they still got a lot of points already when you when when we see from their eyes, you know. So mm. plus your 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 food is it tastes good, you know, balanced, you know, and then people are happy. Yeah, so you you kind of to bring something exciting, exciting, you know, or you can say it's another thing is some um, entertainment as well. So it's entertain there was eyes, you know, it's not only from their from from their um pilot, you know, yeah, yeah. And I guess if you like are presenting at a food event where your customer has like fifteen different options, you only have that like first minute or even thirty seconds to like impress them. And often, like, I know when I go to a food event, I'll look at someone else's food and I'll be like, oh, that looks nice. Let me go try to find it. So, Yeah, that, that will be the point as well because if you go to a food event, you know, you're always looking for, sure, first you're looking for the, the longest line. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and second, you are looking around the presentation, which one is looking nicer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna ask, oh, where did you get your food? You know, so this is important. You're gonna to you know, nice plating your food. You know, um, to 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 attract people as well. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, um, so once you started out at the food events, where did you did you end up kind of having like a semi permanent location where your food truck was always there? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Before actually. Before we join any public events, uh, we start the food chart at um, just doing lunch um, service in LSD. Okay. Which is we start the business. Um, we didn't join any events until we've been there for one month to, you know, to settleize ourselves, you know, up there. Because mm. I, I, I think um, uh, just doing... So by then you knew how to use the steamer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I think some because I think lunch, um, lunch spot is is called is more um, um, having a stable income for us, you know, right. Right. because it's events is events, it will be affected by weather, or by some the crowds. Mm. Yeah, if the weather is not good, maybe the sales is not good, or even it's the winter coming, you know, it's less events. So, but we need a stable income. Yeah. To for for feeding for, um, you know, our family. So, and then I note, you know, lunch will be more stabilized for mm. the food business in New Zealand. That's why mm. I um even carefully to, um, make my menu to suitable for people enjoy the lunch as well. Okay. And why did you choose Ellerslie as a location and like maybe not the city or something like that? Um, because I feel Ellerslie is um, a corporate and um, residentials, you know, com- com- combined together. Um, they have some corporate, you know, they have um, um, the Central Park business area, okay. which is a lot of bus- uh, office people around. And around the town, there's a lot of um, uh, residential, you know, some uh, people living around. So... If you can catch both of the signs, the business, you know, is will be make yourself easier. I think mm. if you just put yourself to the corporate area, 
and you can't catch the residential size, you know, it's hard, I think. Yeah, so that's why I'm choosing the area and LSD to start with. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you because, I mean, that's what happened to some of the, you know, really well-known establishments when we went into lockdown because suddenly no one was coming into the city because everyone was working from home. So that was a huge blow to those businesses. Yeah, that's why we found out the difference as well. So during these lockdowns, we actually, the food, we used to be only in LSD, only Friday lunch. Now we are working more in LSD. Okay. We're working three and a half day in LSD now. The shop in town was open six days. Um, surprise, this three and a half day actually having more sales than the shop in six days in uh, oh, Winkapur. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when did you open up your shop in Wyndham Street? Um, it's uh, a year ago. I think okay. just one year before. Uh, yeah, in a Winya quarter. Yeah. Okay. And... Like, was it hard, like that process to scale? Because suddenly you have two places and um, with you being the chef, you can't be in two places at once. So, you know, how, how, lo- how was that process, like finding the right place and then training the staff? Was that something that was hard for you, like letting go? Um, I can't say it's hard because I think um, the system for me is already mature enough okay. to be yeah. grown. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I already got the people I can trust mm-hmm. to open a restaurant. I mean, to to I uh, to a shop. Actually, it's not a restaurant. To a takeaway mm-hmm. outlet. Um, plus the location. Um, location is over there. Is, it, it was in a quiet street. It's not busy, but um, um, because the social media, you know, we know mm-hmm. people already know us. So, yeah. um, so I didn't find it was too hard to start with luckily you know <laughs> yeah okay yeah. that's good and i guess your experience of having worked for so long in the kitchen that has obviously helped as well because yeah, you've yeah, had years be of hard. that experience to draw on yeah 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 mm. because I just, we designed the menu it's quite simple you know we don't have like um like an old-fashioned chinese platform have a, a whole box of um you know menu mm. yeah you know, in 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 the shop up there is only seven items. You know, uh, just keep it nice and fresh. You know, rotate every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it yeah. hard though to keep the menu so simple? Like it must be to because you'll always be like, oh, I should put this in or put that in. Um, they say often like cutting it down is much harder than adding new things in. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard for a chef to doing everything the same day. I mean, I mean the same days because you want creation, you want to make something different. But also, it's not easier to maintain a standard. Mm. So uh, rather than to maintain a, a good standard, to, you know, to always to changing your our menu offense, you know, yeah, yeah. Because I found out the cultures in New Zealand, some people really like to stick what they normally order. <laughs> That's true. That's even true. I, I will, even I will now, you know, I go to one of the restaurants, mm-hmm. if I like one of the kind of dishes foods I, I just keep ordering and I, I didn't think you know mm. yeah so that's true yeah consistency is really important I remember yeah. when I studied hospitality they told us that on the first day like people are coming to you because they want to have this thing which made them feel that way so you want to you have to make sure it always tastes that same exactly. way exactly if you're changing too much from you know adding too much things on that maybe you will be left 
some of the original behind or you know or after standard. Mm. Yeah, and also it's hard to keep your new things on a good way to stand up for you know you know this is how I'm thinking. So I rather than not moving, not changing too much about my original menu, mm. I rather keep it everything you know in a standard ways to maintain a good standard. Yeah. Okay. And so now that you have a food truck and like a permanent location, which one do you prefer? I mean, you obviously spoke a little bit about the fact that you found that you were making more money just in the three and a half days doing lunch at Ellerslie. But is there like a preference that you have? Do you, you know, like truck obviously has its flexibility, but restaurants, like, you know, it's a fixed place and things like that. So which one do you prefer? Or am um, I asking you to choose between your babies? <laughs> I, it's harder. But I mean, it's because I'm from, the business stuff from the food truck, um, the food truck actually bring more funds yeah. to business. But the food chart actually, you need to work harder. Um, first, it's like small, you yeah. Know? And second, weather. If like like last two weeks in you know, during the lockdown, you know, it's not easy to work in the food chart with the windy weather, raining. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you have to close true. your window like mm. in half an hour and open again. You know, but actually, it's fun and because people like. I, I don't know, people like more enjoyable for the food truck life, you know, mm. for, for coming to the food truck, they feel more different than they, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I would choose food truck. Okay. But the reason from, from uh, uh, um, a shop in the Vinya is um, we need a bigger kitchen and right. plus we need a stable, um, uh, uh, we need to have a stable, you know, a staff, you know, to working for us. Yeah. True. Yeah. That's true. I know when I moved out from like my working from my home kitchen to a commercial kitchen and just like having access to, a, you know, high pressure stove, it just like changed the whole game. Like I wasn't cooking for three hours. It was done in like one hour. Yeah. So, yeah. Cooking in the shop is easier, one. but it's having less fun. Yeah. The food truck, yeah. <laughs> even, even my wife is like more in the shop, but she says she's missing the food truck life, you know. Every time she joined for the event during the weekend and she love it, you know. We still, we, we, I think we still prefer the food truck. Oh, yeah. I guess that gives you that live feedback and interaction with the customer that you can't get if you're like behind the kitchen. Yeah. Mm. So... You know, you spoke a little bit about the fact that because you already had the systems in place, it was easy for you to expand. Do you have some tips for like other food truck owners that are looking to expand, um, you know, like maybe things that they need to think about before they take the next step? Um, I mean, still the things, you know, food consistency important mm. and um, menu I still like it, not not only for the food truck for the restaurant is the same. I think now nowadays the modern way is having a smaller menu, right? Yeah, and um, make it unique flavor. Mm. Yeah, um, keep a good consistency. Yeah, and and then they can make money. And then mm. because the overhead, you know, for you making a big menu. Um, and less consistency, it's going to kill the business. This is what I think. Yeah, That's true. That's true. I agree with you. So what's next for the rolling pin? Do you have any, like, what are your plans in, say, like, five years? What would you hope to achieve? Um, we do have a plan to 
have more sh- um, a small small um, outlet like um, right. one inch um, in the winya. Mm. Yeah, um, but we're gonna to settle them in a different um, corporate area, right. which is we we found it now in the winya quarter. Uh, we can say it's quite successful. Mm. Yep, um, people really enjoyed the lunch up there. Right. Yep. Yep. So we're gonna to set up um different um small shop in different area. The next plan will be definitely in LSD um okay. area. Yep. Okay. Well I wish you um a lot of luck with that. And um now moving on to my favorite part of the show, which is called Fast Food Five, which is basically five really quite fast questions about food. So are you ready? Uh yep, let's try. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you were a vegetable, which one would you be? Coriander. Oh, yes. You know what? I recently had a dumpling which had coriander in it. And I know this sounds strange, but so many I've had so many dumplings before which have not had coriander. And when I put the coriander in it and had that one, it was just like changed the flavor totally. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Secret ingredient to making a great dumpling. Dressing. Dressing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Agree with that. It's all, It often is the kind of sauces you put on which make a difference. Yeah, yeah. That's why I feel like um, the way difference is, um, is the dressing as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you had to eat just one thing for the rest of the year, every day, what would you choose? Our Asian slaw. <laughs> <laughs> I don't okay. know why. Yeah, but because, I mean... People are say, well, I mean, you you won't eat what you your your restaurant food, but for us, we we keep eating that every from lunch and dinner for the for the slaw. Oh, yeah, okay. well, that's a good we, sign. If the chef is yeah. still eating it, then that's a good sign. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> own food, right? And I mean, yeah. it's, it's not about the promoting; it's just talking about the chew. We're still eating that every day, so yeah. <laughs> I, I can't think about what I'm what I haven't been missing. You know, what I have, what I have been done from the last. Half year, one one year, we what we still keep eating. It's the, the Asian slow. We okay. keep it yeah, every right. day. Cool. Yeah. I must. I must get some then. I'll <laughs> I'll get a big packet next time I come visit. <laughs> so, um, to people who are looking to cook like more Asian food at home, what would you say is like the one ingredient that they should keep in their pantry? Garlic. Garlic. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, actually, it was fish sauce. Like now that I've discovered it, like I discovered it maybe like a couple of years ago, I just now I like add it in everything. It just adds that little umami flavor. Like something's missing. I don't know. Mm. Mm. For 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 fish sauce, it's more about um, I think it's more about Southeast Asians, mm. and for for Chinese cooking, it's hardly using fish sauce. Okay. Mm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, as an Indian, we use garlic quite a lot. So I've got garlic. I think, um, I think garlic is um, is all about everywhere in Asia. Né? I think. Mm. Mm. All right. And last question. If someone's coming to the rolling pin for the first time, what would you suggest that they try? Oh, definitely to, to start with the dumpling. And my favorite is the, um, the, my pool beef dumpling. <laughs> okay. Cool, yeah. And don't forget the slow. <laughs> oh, sure, definitely. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Gordon. It's been lovely talking to you and I wish you all the best for the rolling pin. Thank you, Peter. Okay, take care. Okay. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Kiwi Foodcast. 
brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Be sure to listen in next time for another helping of Kiwi Food Stories.